chapter 39. Uh, maybe you heard the story at uh, one time someone asked the comedian uh, Woody Allen, he uh, happens to be Jewish, uh, they asked him uh, to explain God. And uh, Woody Allen said, I can't even explain my toaster and how it works. How can I possibly explain God? And you know, we got to understand that as we, you know, go through life, man, we're going to hit hard times. And you guys, some things, they kind of don't add up. They don't line up with our plan, and they kind of don't make sense. But you know what? I want to encourage you guys to know. Uh, I love what Warren Wiersbe said. He said, we don't live on explanations. We live on promises. And he, and he even said this. It's really interesting. He said, as a matter of fact, if you can explain it, God didn't do it. And so what we want to do is we want to come to that place, man, where we are just completely and just trusting him, uh, Life happens, uh, calamities, tragedies, you know, things that we don't understand. Sometimes we feel like it's unjust. Uh, it might be something that kind of comes through the hands of God, maybe even sometimes through the hands of men. Through all those things, what God wants to do is he wants to bring us to a place where we completely trust him because I believe that when we trust God, we're going to have peace. That when we trust God, there's even going to be an added protection and when we trust God, there will be an added direction. And so we learn things like that uh, through the life of Job. Uh, today we're going to look at uh, some different animals. You guys been to the zoo lately? Out of curiosity, anybody here? No? You guys never go? San Diego's not that far. It's a really cool zoo, L.A. And when you go and you check out all these different animals, you have to ask yourself, you know, who made all this? And then you look up and you realize that we have a God who is so creative, and he offers us uh, such a beautiful uh, glimpse of his variety. So we're going to see that tonight. Look at verse 1, Job 39. It says, Do you know the time when the wild mountain goats bear young? Or can you mark when the deer gives birth? Can you number the months that they fulfill? Or do you know the time when they bear young? They bow down, they bring forth their young, they deliver their offspring, their young ones are healthy, they grow strong with grain, they depart and do not return to them. Now what we see right now is God is giving Job a series of questions, reason being Job came to a place in his life where he was questioning God. And so what we got to know is that that's a two-way street, man. You know, you question God, chances are he's going to question you. And so what he does is last week we talked about like the stars and the universe and you know how God made all that, maintains all that. And here's the thing that we got to know. If God runs the universe, he can run your life. We got to trust him. So God's asking Job all these questions. And the first uh, thing we see today now as he gets into the different animals is he says there in verse 1, do you know the time when the wild mountain goats uh, bear young. And uh, I think we have a picture of a mountain goat, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, when I look at that, I don't know about you guys, but isn't that beautiful? You know, it, it's a wild mountain goat. It's out there. It's not a domesticated animal. You know, Job would undoubtedly be familiar with maybe giving the domesticated animals uh, assistance when they're giving birth, right? When they're there in his place, when, they, when he had his animals, but, you know, the Lord is saying, but what about the wild goats? What about those that are out there? And for us, I think there's a lot of significance to all these things. 
You know, Job right here was being asked by God, do you know the time they bear their young? Do you know their due dates, Job? You know, something interesting, some of you sisters probably can relate to this. You know, when you find out someone's pregnant, you know, right away you're like, hey, what's the due date, huh? And then you remember that, huh? Guys don't remember. I'm serious, man. And I feel so bad because, you know, someone's pregnant and then they get bigger and the next thing they get bigger. And every time I see them, I'm like, when do you do? <laughs> and they're all, well, you asked me last week, so let's see, let's see, what's the math now, you know? And so, you know, that's me, you know, the due dates for, for, for women. Think about God knowing the due dates for not just the domesticated animals, but the wild, not just sheeps, but goats that are out there. You know, so the Lord's asking Job, man, do you know their, their due dates? God knows every due date for every child, for every creature. You know, he knows when the, the wild mountain goat bears their young, when the deer gives birth, God is there. He controls their conception, their, their gestation. In case you don't know what that word is, because I didn't know what it was, it's when, you know, the whole pregnancy period, when the child is developing, when the animal is developing. God is there intimately involved in all those things. And then, you know, when they're born. You know, he describes again there in verse 4, they're, they're launching out. Notice, and then their young ones are, are healthy. They, they, they grow strong. They eat their, their Wheaties. And then it says they depart and then they do not return to them. It's this amazing, sovereign cycle of life, even within the animal kingdom that God ordains. And so he's asking Job, what do you think? Do you know uh, all the details regarding those things? I mean, they're born, they depart, and he asks him about the timing of all these things. And, and in the process, God is telling him, do you know? And obvious answer, no, I know. God is telling him, I am I'm completely aware of all these details of every single living creature not only on this you know, speck of a planet called Earth, but in the entire universe. And, and what he's implying is that, and I want you to know that I have that kind of caring detail over your life as well, Joe. I know it's hard. I know what you're going through is very, very difficult. But I still sit on the throne. And I'm working in your life. And if I'm there, you know, taking care of the goats, don't you know I'm going to take care of the sheep? If I'm taking care of the animals, don't you know I'm going to take care of you? You know, in verse 4 is an interesting verse. This is a quick side note. I think of my children there in verse 4. They're young. They're healthy. They eat and eat and eat, right? And then they get strong. They grow up and then they split. Now, something about that is not fair. I don't think <laughs> Never to come back again? I don't know about that. But you know, some kids, they take a little longer. Some parents are like, it's time to go. But you know, this whole cycle is just amazing to me. And then he moves from the wild goats to the wild donkeys. In verse 5, he asks him, who, who set the wild donkey free? Who loosed the bonds of the onager? Whose home I have made the wilderness and the barren land his dwelling? He scorns the tumult of the city. He does not heed the shouts of the driver. The range of the mountains is his pasture, and he searches after every green thing. I think we have, a, do we have a wild donkey? Yeah, we do. And so that's kind of typical, which you would think a, 
a wild donkey looks like, but again, they're out there, not domesticated. These ones, no one can tame. It's an interesting species uh, of wild donkeys, also known as Asiatic wild donkeys because they're native to Asia. And so unlike most horses or donkeys, uh, they've never been domesticated. And part of the reason is because of how fast they run. These donkeys run over 40 miles per hour, which is which is kind of like a horse. Horses will probably be around the same range, right? But at the same time, the way that God wired them is uh, there's an element of, uh, I don't know if stubborn is the right word or persistence is the right word. They're just wild donkeys that God said, I'm going to make them like that and I'm going to take care of them as a testimony. And one day I'm going to write it down in the book of Job. I'm going to write it down in the Bible. I want everyone to know that I take care of those donkeys. It's interesting how the Lord asked Job this time around, there in verse 5, who set this wild donkey free? And I think that's kind of a cool question, right? I mean, obviously the answer is God. God sets this wild donkey free. And I was just thinking about us, you guys. I mean, a lot of us here, I think we need to be set free. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the thousandth time. May God set us free, right? I mean, through Jesus Christ, we can be free. The Bible says in John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. I wonder if there's anyone here tonight who's you know, in bondage uh, to, to the law or you know, you need freedom, really, from the addiction of some sort of sin, uh, from the domestication of the devil. God says, I want to set you free from that. God, God is the one that takes care of us, like he does this free donkey. You know, God talks about how we can be free as well. And it's interesting, in verse 6, uh, he talks about the home that God gives. In verse 7, he talks about the strength that God gives. And in verse 8, he talks about the food that God gives. And so, Job, just to let you know, I'm running the universe, and I'm running your life. You can trust me. Because when you trust God, you're not going to be all bummed out and discouraged and depressed. And, you know, you give the, the enemy so much ammunition when you don't trust God and you're worried, right? Like I'm much afraid, like the sky is falling. No, it's not. God is on your side. If God is for us, who can be against us? I tell you what, that gives me peace. That gives me protection. That gives me added direction in life. God wants Job to know that. God wants us to know that. The wild mountain goat, he speaks to the wild donkey, and then he speaks through the wild ox there in verse 9. Will the wild ox be willing to serve you? Will he bed by your manger or, or feeding trough? Can you bind the wild ox in the furrow with ropes, or will he plow the valleys behind you? Will you trust him because his strength is great? Or will you leave your labor to him? Will you trust him to bring home your grain and, and gather it to your threshing floor? You know, the wild ox, it might be, uh, I think the animal's called an auroch, I'm not sure, but it's super, super strong. You know, we read that there in verse 11. It says his strength is great. You know, when you think of an ox, uh, Bible Moses compared God's strength to, to an ox in Numbers 23-22. God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength. The Bible says like a wild ox. And so, you know, it won't stay in your barn. It won't let you put him to plow. 
Who gave that ox that strength? That's what the Lord asks Job. And the answer, of course, is God did. You can't tame him. You can't trust him. But Job, you've got to understand that, that I can. He won't serve you, but he'll serve me. I'm sovereign. You see, the wild mountain goat, the wild donkey, the wild ox. What's God trying to say here? He's speaking to you guys because you're a wild child. That's what I'm thinking, man. A lot of you here, you need to be tamed. You know, sometimes we live life and it's kind of like there's a good wild and there's a, there's a bad wild. And we're going to talk about both of those things tonight. You know, I don't want you guys to be like a, a Christian clone living in the comfort zone. That's not what we want. But at the same time, you know, we have to come to that place. Last night with the men, we were talking about James chapter 3 and it said, who can tame the tongue? You know, we were talking about the fact that men can tame all these animals. They can tame lions and, and elephants. I mean, they tame all these amazing creatures. But what about the tongue, you know? And so what we need is for God to work in the hearts of the wild child, you know? I mean, if he made and maintains the animals, how much more us? We might, we might be as, as strange as a goat or stubborn as a donkey. Anyone here stubborn as a donkey? Come on. Be open, all right? You know, you might be as strong as an ox. Uh, it doesn't even matter. God is able to work in our lives. God is able, even like Angel was saying, you know, we came here, you know, tonight, and I don't know about you, but I don't plan on leaving the same way I came. I want God to teach me, touch me, transform me. I want Him to break me. I want Him to tame me. I want Him to empower me. I mean, I can get a little pin. And I put it in my hand and I start writing something. But if that pin has a will of its own, forget about it. I'm going to get another pin. You've got to be broken in the hands of the Lord who loves you. We can't be the wild goat or oxen or donkey. We have to come to Christ and let him do that work. You know, we're you know, more valuable to God than the animals. You know, I mean, the Bible says that Jesus said it straight out. In Luke 12, 6 and 7, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, two copper coins, and yet not one of them, not one is forgotten before God. You know, Jesus said, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. I mean, I know like you're like, well, I'm not like famous or whatever. I'm not up front or what. I don't know what's going on in your life. But you know, you're an intricate part of the body of Christ. And as we all do our part, as we all grow close to him, he's going to do a great work and you're going to be blessed. And so, you know, I do encourage you to stay adventurous for Christ, wild at heart. Take steps of faith that are amazing, but make sure that you're tamed by the truth. You know, the next uh, animal he speaks of, Notice there in verse 13, it says, The, the wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but are her wings and pinions like the kindly storks? For she leaves her eggs on the ground and warms them in the dust. She forgets that a foot may crush them or that a wild beast may break them. She treats her young harshly as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain without concern. 
Because God deprived her of wisdom. I underline that in my Bible. Lord, don't let that be me. God deprived her of wisdom and did not endow her with understanding. When she lifts herself on high, she scorns the horse and its rider. And does anyone here, just out of curiosity, anyone here have an, an old King James? A King James Version? And so in the King James Version, in verse 13, it uses the word peacock. And so he talks first of all about a peacock and then he transitions into an ostrich. I don't know, do we have a picture of a peacock? Look at how beautiful they are. Isn't that a trip? Come on. Isn't that amazing? Yeah? All right. I don't know. You guys don't really sound like it's amazing. You'd be like, like wow. Just pretend like the Dodgers just won the next game or something like that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you know, how, how can anyone think that is um, an accident? How can they not see the creativity and the variety of God? You know, God is bringing up these amazing creatures. You know, and when you look at the peacocks, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a real one. If you haven't, you just got to go down to the Arboretum in Arcadia. I think they even just, you know, they just, you know, walk the streets over there, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, uh, God is saying, Job, did you, have you ever seen these? I mean, do you ever paint a peacock? I have. The creativity of God, the variety of our maker, even really the balance of nature. Um, it's amazing that just the way that everything works together. Ostriches are the largest birds, uh, standing over nine feet tall, weighing over 300 pounds. And I'm not sure, but they say they might not be the brightest birds. But did you guys know that the ostrich can run faster than a horse, over 40 miles per hour. I mean, it's amazing, you know. And, and so we read that there, it says in verse 18, when she lifts herself on high, she scorns the horse and its rider. So it might not be the smartest, but it's one of the fastest, right? And so, you know, all these things I think we learn from, uh, Lord, even verse 17, how God deprived her of wisdom. So who gives wisdom? God does, right? In this case, the ostrich was deprived of wisdom. I pray that maybe if you're here tonight and you're bumping your head against the wall over and over again, maybe you're lacking wisdom. Maybe you need to pray like James 1.5 says, pray, ask God for wisdom, ask God for marching orders, and he'll tell you what the next step is. I last thing in the world I want is that for that to be my epitaph, man. He died a fool because God deprived him of wisdom. Why would God deprive me of wisdom if I held on to sin? If I didn't pray like I meant it? I'm not going to be praying and asking for wisdom and doubting. That's an unstable man. No, I'm going to ask God to guide my life. He's the giver of wisdom. In verse 19, he transitions on then to the horse. Have you ever, have you given the horse strength, Job? Have you done that? Have you clothed his neck with, with thunder? Uh, can you frighten him like a locust? Uh, his majestic snorting strikes terror. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He gallops into the clash of arms. He mocks at fear and is not frightened, nor does he turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the glittering spear and javelin. He devours the distance with fierceness and rage. Nor does he come to a halt because the trumpet has sounded. At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Aha, 
and he smells the battle from afar, the thunder of captains and shouting. You know, the, the horses. Any of you here ride horses out of curiosity? A couple of you do. Do you guys ever like just, just go fast? That would be fun, huh? In heaven, we're going to ride horses. You guys know that, right? As a matter of fact, we're coming back on horses. I can't wait for that day. But you know, horses, maybe they're not as fast as ostriches, but they are definitely blessed in different ways. And so God asked Job there in verse 19, have you given the horse its strength? I mean, they're so strong. Even today, motors and engines, they're measured by their horsepower, right? I mean, the thick muscles that they have, the large hearts, the powerful lungs. Horses are, are able to haul up to three times their body weight, 2,500 pounds. I mean, we're talking creatures that are, are so strong. And then there's the beautiful mane, you know, that you look at it, it impresses your eyes or even the snort. I thought about doing a snort sound, but I said, no, I better not, man. But it's just like, you know, in the beginning of that movie, Secretariat, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, Secretariat, but man, they, they open up this amazing horse and they quote from the book of Job. It's just an amazing creature. And God is asking Job, did you give the horse its strength? I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, when I look at the horse and when you know, the, the soldier gets on that, that horse and, and, and rides that horse into battle, the, the clash of the cavalry. You know, I went on YouTube today and I was just checking out videos of those movies. We, you guys know what I'm talking about? Where the cavalries come towards each other and then just like, boom. I mean, why, is, why are these horses so courageous to just run to the battle like that? It's because God did a work, huh? God made them that way. God wired them that way. And God can do the same with us. You know, when you look at this right here, it, it's amazing to me. And again, I don't want to read too much into it because I know uh, the main point really that God is giving to Job is just listen, Job, I, I made everything. I maintain everything. And I run the universe, so I want you to know you can trust me even through the, the difficult times. Some of you here, you're, you're reading this and you're like, eh, that's eh, cool. But, but when you go through some crazy calamity, some tragedy, then you're going to be whipping out the book of Job again. So that's why you need to take this and put it into your, into your tool belt and make sure that you're ready for that day because I'm telling you, man, it's going to come one day. One day you're going to hear the, the words. I mean, I prayerfully we all get rapture. Wouldn't that be cool? Lord, come now, Maranatha, right? But who knows, man? Maybe you might hear the words from that doctor about you or your loved one or your child. That's the world that we live in, and that's why we have to understand this book. It's so important. So I do believe that's the, the main point, that we need to trust God but I think even in looking at this, that he's saying more. You know, it's just not the offspring of goats. It's your offspring. It's your children that God is talking about. He's saying, trust me. Or the, the question there in verse 5, who set the wild donkey free, tells me that God is the father of freedom and he, he breaks the chains. If you're here today and you've got some addiction, do not leave without being set free by God. It could be pot, it could be pornography, it could be alcohol, some type of other addiction. God says, I'm the one that sets free. 
You know, you might be bound with anger or hatred or fear or unforgiveness. Uh, you know, you might consider yourself to be a wild donkey, right? And you know, you're like, man, I just like to do my thing, right? But here's the thing. You don't have to sow your wild oats just because you're a wild donkey. Well, I can't help myself. Last time I read my Bible, it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't ever give in to sin. Don't ever think that it's too strong for you because if you say that, then you're saying it's too strong for God. We have to, we have, to have this, this, this thing in our, in our heart, this resolute determination that says I would rather die than disobey. We have to have that, you guys. God wants to set us free, not to do whatever we want, not free to sin, but free from sin. Is it just goats and donkeys and wild oxen that God is talking about? No, I think if we read a little between the lines, there's more. And even just the, 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 the horses, you guys, you know, going to the battle. Is that you? Are you running to the battle? I remember I heard a song a long time ago. It says, uh, um, how's it go? How's it go? It says uh, basically something that says some people want to live their lives in the sound of chapel bells, but I want to run a mission a yard from the gates of hell. You know, and, and so he, he just goes on and he talks about, you know, how we need to run to the battle. Run to the battle. Some of you here, you're running away from the battle. God says, I want you to run to the battle. Remember when David fought Goliath? I mean, gosh, I hope there's a video in heaven one day we can see that. You know, but do you guys remember what David did? He got his stones, he got his sling. There's a nine-foot Goliath over there. Do you guys remember what he did? He ran to him. That's what we should be doing. See, when we look at the, the word cavalry, it's very close to Calvary. There's something about that, don't you think? We had a sign up here. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but they made a mistake. It said Cavalry Chapel. And I almost thought about it for a second there. I said, maybe we should change our name, Lord. <laughs> and Lord said, no, stick to Calvary because that's my cross. That's where I died. But I do want you to think that one, think, think that one through. Let's run to the battle in the kingdom of God, not for your own life. You know, when we were singing that song earlier, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. What does that mean to you, I will not be shaken? I mean, does that mean that well, you're not afraid? Well, maybe there's something there. But you know what it means to me? It means to me what Paul said in the book of Acts chapter 20. But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry that God has given to me. The one thing the devil want to do is to move you out of ministry. You guys, don't let him shake you. Don't let him move you. We have to be strong. And so, you know, next in verse 26, he mentions the hawk and the eagle. Does the, the hawk fly by your wisdom and spread its wings toward the south? Does the eagle mount up at your command and make its nest on high? On the rock it dwells and resides, on the crags of the rock, on the stronghold. And from there it spies out the prey, its eyes observe from afar. Its young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there it is. And again, man, I trip out on just how they fly. I mean, think about that. I mean, whether it's a hawk or an eagle 
or a hummingbird. Come on, do you guys ever trip out on these creatures? I mean, just the God-given ability to fly just blows my mind. You know, the hawk, they say a red-tailed hawk travels at 120 miles per hour when it swoops down on its prey. Think about that. And then there's the eagle. You guys know how high they fly? 15,000 feet up in the air, flying at 65 miles per hour. Think about how cool that would be. But when they swoop down on their prey, they travel 200 miles per hour. And God is just saying, man, do you, did you do this, Job? I mean, you know, their vision, the, the, the vision of an eagle is amazing. They're, you guys know they're smaller than us, right? They're pretty big for birds, obviously, but they're smaller than us. But their eye is the same size as ours. It can, it can see eight times better, though. And so they, they're up there a mile away, and they can see a little, you know, a little rabbit, a little creature that's going to swoop down and get. I mean, it's just amazing the way that God made them. And so the Lord is just asking Job, is this all you're doing? And look at verse 40. As we continue on here, Job then gets the word of the Lord in a different direction. It says, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He rebukes God, let him answer it. And then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will not proceed any further. You know, as God's asking Job questions, uh, John Corson said there were 60 questions that he asked him. Um, then the Lord kind of now asks him, okay, after I've been challenging you, after I've been pushing you, after I've been dealing with you, I've been dealing with you, let me ask you, where are you now? Where are you now? You know, you're contending with the Almighty. Last time I heard a contender, I heard it was about some guy who wants to take someone, someone else's belt. Well, you want to be God? All right, so let's do this. Uh, you want to question the way that I'm running the universe uh, so now God's speaking, and it's interesting the way that God shows up in a whirlwind. I have no idea what his voice sounded like, but I'll bet you it was pretty awesome. And just, just being in the presence of God, I mean, there's no doubt about it that it was going to affect Job. But I'll tell you what, it was, he wasn't there yet. You know what Job said in verses 4 and 5? Kind of like nothing. Nothing. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm wicked. I'm vile. I'm going to zip the lip. From now, I'll be silent. And God said, he's going to continue to deal with him. You want to know why? Because it's not enough just being silent. You've got to be repentant. So God will continue to deal with Job until he's broken. It's not enough to, you know, well, Job's sin was probably talking too much. Okay, I'm stopping talking. Still not enough. Not just stopping doing it. Are you genuinely a different man? So God's going to continue to deal with him. Verse 6, and the Lord said, okay. He answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Would you indeed annul my judgment would you condemn me that you may be justified? Have you an arm like God? I mean, if uh, they arm wrestle, like who would win, you know? <laughs> Can you thunder with a voice like his and then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor and array yourself with glory 
and beauty. He says, disperse the rage of your wrath. Look on everyone who is proud and, and humble him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low. Tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together. Bind their faces in hidden darkness, God says. And then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. And so, you know, the Lord says, what do you have to say, Job, regarding all these things? You know, Job is like, well, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be silent. And God is saying, I want more than that. I want genuine repentance. And so God begins to deal with him. God challenges him. Look at verse 8, if you would. How would you answer these questions? When the Lord is asking Job, would you indeed annul my judgment? And it's kind of like God is asking him, would you change everything around? the way that I've done it? Would you condemn me that, that you may be justified? Is this really all about you trying to look good? Making me look bad? You know, I think that both of us, both of those questions would probably be us and as we're searching our heart, we're saying, no, you know, we won't take you on, God. But if someone did say yes, then God said, okay, let's do this. Let's see your glory. Let's see your majesty. Let's see your beauty. Let's see how you handled the wicked. Because they're really headed your way. Can you save yourself at the end of the day? That's where it ends up. Can you save yourself? Then I will also confess to you, God says, that your own right hand can save you. And here's the question as we close tonight. Can any of us save ourselves? No. We can't save ourselves from nothing. Nothing. I mean, you know, for Peter, it was a little 14-year-old girl. Hey, you were with him. I don't know. I mean, what did Peter do? Denied the Lord, right? Because he wasn't in the Word, because he wasn't in prayer, because he was following Jesus at a distance, because he was full of self-confidence. One thing I've learned in my life is I can't save myself from anything. I've learned John 15, 5, man, just so well. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. I can't. You guys can't. You know, how many of you guys here, you get, you get in fights with your wife? You call it holy headlock. How many of you guys are talking about? You know? Or, or you get, you know, you get mad you know with your your siblings or your co-workers or you got things going on and 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 there's probably people in this room right here that you are just getting beaten on beaten on by the devil there's like no spiritual victory really and god is just saying you know you can't save yourself you got to acknowledge that and so here's the the thing god can save you God can set us free. God can change us. You know, as you're, as you're a Christian, and this is just something that I've learned, you know, we can't do this on our own strength, but, you know, when God comes in and we allow Him, you know, to rule our life, and like I talked about earlier, you know, attained by the truth, filled by the Spirit, what ends up happening is He changes our life and everything becomes different. Psalm 17, verse 7, it says, Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O you who save those who trust in you, 
from those who rise up against them. See, it's the Lord's right hand. It's his strong hand. As we trust him, then he saves us from the opposition of the enemy. And then Matthew 1.21, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that, that's where we need to end up today. If you have never given your life to Christ, man, what I encourage you to do today is to make sure that you don't leave this place without understanding that he loves you, he died for you on a cross. And as you trust in him, as you believe in him, as you give him your heart, then he saves you from the power and penalty of sin. Don't leave, and I'm talking to Christians too, don't leave without making a commitment to cling to Christ. And as we come to this place in Job, I, I want to close by reading this, uh, this little email right here. That, uh, what do you guys say, man? Should we just let God be God? Or do you want the job? Just out of curiosity. Lord, we trust you. Through all the hard times, we trust you, right? This is, listen to what it says. It says, from God, I am God, and today I will be handling all of your problems. Please remember that I do not need your help. <laughs> if life happens to deliver a situation to you that you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve it. Kindly put it in the SFGT bo D box, which is something for God to do box. It will be addressed in my time, not yours. Once the matter is placed into the box, do not hold on to it. If you find yourself stuck in traffic, don't despair. There are people in this world for whom driving is an unheard privilege. Should you have a bad day at work, think of the man who has been out of work for years. Should you despair over relationship gone bad, think of the person who has never known what it's like to love or to be loved in return. Should you grieve the passing of another weekend? Think of the woman in dire straits working 12 hours a day, seven days a week in order to feed her children. Should your car break down, leaving you miles away from assistance? Think of the paraplegic who would love the opportunity to take that walk. Should you notice a new gray hair in the mirror? Think of the ca cancer patient in chemo who wishes she had hair to examine. Should you find yourself at a loss and pondering what is life all about, asking what is my purpose, be thankful. There are those who didn't live long enough to get that opportunity to even think that one through. Should you find yourself the victim of other people's bitterness, ignorance, smallness, or insecurities, remember things could be worse, you could be them. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was a cool way to end it, you guys. God is working, you know. When I look out at the congregation, I'm just sitting back there just singing and praising God. I'm like, Lord, look at all these people right here that you're working in their life, man. And I pray that we would continue to let him do that work, man. Meddle with the middle, that we might bring him glory.